Now you are on the clock. Hey everybody, it's Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com and we opened up this episode with the theme music to The Terminator because we want to talk a little bit about the Terminator competition this year over at the FFPC. Um, they recently made them available as satellite options at $35 level, so we were pretty happy to see that. We're big fans of the Terminator um, format. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But the first thing we want to talk about is the Tyreek Hill saga that seems to be going on. Um, there was, obviously, the, the, the speculation is he's not going to receive a suspension from the NFL. And there's a lot of concern from a lot of players regarding the tournament games um, that are out there. Um, the Football Guys Players Championship at the FFPC. Um, there's other ones. There's the uh, the best ball championship over play draft, um, and I, I did uh, you know put out a chart of of where Tyreek has been going in the football guys uh, tournament, and for the most part he's been going into fourth and fifth round, but very early on he did go um, about the seventh round and later, and um, so a few teams were fortunate who participated in early drafts um, to pick him up at that uh, at that relatively low cost you know and and players go back and forth they're they're you know at first they're afraid to draft early um, you know they want to know if it's better to draft closer to the season or earlier in the season so now people are seeing that if you draft earlier in the draft season there can be some benefits to doing that not only are you getting rookies um, in advance of uh, you know, when they may break out in training camp or, um, you know, burst onto the scene because of an injury or whatnot later on the season. You're also getting some veteran players who have some ambiguous value, um, you know, earlier on in, in the offseason. So, and and Melvin Gordon is in the same boat. You know, he's he's fallen. Todd Gurley is, is also in that same conversation. He's, you know, going in the late second, third round. And then you have their backups that, you know, Henderson, Justin Jackson, um, Austin Eckler. You know, the, the values of these players is is um, evolving over the course of the preseason. So, but specifically, people were concerned about uh, Tyree Kill because they're thinking that in this tournament comp, uh, tournament format, oh well, I have no shot because you know some team grabbed Tyreek in the eleventh round. But you have to remember that there's more to it than just the draft. Um, you know, what is the overall composition of these teams that got him that early? They may be strong. They may not be strong. You don't really know. Um, and then there's the end season component to it. You've, you've still got waivers that factor into um, a team's success during the season. You have lineup decisions. Uh, and, of course... You know, in the tournament format, it really comes down to how those players perform in weeks 14 through 16. So, 
you know, anybody who's throwing in the towel at this point and saying, I don't want to draft, I, I, I don't have a shot, is really being very short-sighted, in my opinion. You know, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the stock market. You need to, to average, if you're doing a, a, a large quantity of drafts in this format, you need to kind of average in over the course of the preseason. So, you know, you got some shares of Tyreek Early or other players, and, you know, as you move through the preseason, you're going to grab players at values that differ over the course of that time. Um, so you can't just get really, you know, you can't take the whole competition into um, the context of where did Tyreek Hill go early on in the preseason? There, it's it's not just it's not just about him. It's you know so many players. It's the whole landscape of the NFL. Um, now, if you're playing in the Draft.com Best Ball competition, that's probably a bigger concern because the draft is the sole component that determines your success in that competition. So the players that got Tyreek early in that format. You know they have a bigger advantage um, because there aren't there isn't any opportunity for um, those teams to be uh, impacted by you know, lineup decisions or waiver wires or, or anything else. But I, I still wouldn't throw in the towel in that competition either. But it it really would have a greater effect into that that best ball format. And to follow up on um, when you should be drafting. Uh, the same conversation can be had regarding the main event, which is going to start uh, drafting for the FFPC uh, in a very short while. And the question that, that seems to be out there for that as well is, well, should I be drafting online or should I be you know, participating in live drafts? And the thought was, well, all the sharks are out in Vegas and they're all drafting live, so maybe it's better for me to be drafting online so I can avoid these guys. So I, I dug into the data a little bit to see if this evasive behavior of trying to avoid <laughs> the so-called best players um, who are drafting live uh, has panned out. So what I did was I took a look at the top five finishers in the main event in 2018 and 2017 and what I found was um, that in 2018 75% of the leagues were drafted online and 25% of the leagues were drafted live now all, even though three quarters of the leagues were drafted online they only placed two out of the top five finishers in the main event so they really underperformed in terms of getting people into that, that big money top five um, spots in, in the main event. So online leagues drafted 75%, but they placed 40% in the top five. Um, similarly, in 2017, you had 70% of the, the leagues were drafted online. So again, approximately three quarters. And... In that case, they got three out of five people into the top five finishers. So 70% drafted online, but 60% of the top five finishers, um, you know, were uh, sourced from online leagues. So in, in both scenarios, they underperformed in terms of, you know, the percentage of leagues that were drafted and how many and what the proportion of, of the top five finishers were 
um, for the main event. So to make the assumption that drafting online is going to give you a better shot of you know, getting in, uh, of landing the big prize and getting into the top five is simply not true based upon um, the data that I found. So, I mean, it com- it's it's sh- it should be come it should come down to, you know, do I want the Vegas experience or, you know, it, it, do I want the convenience of drafting online as well? And, um, you know, you get a little more time, um, I believe, drafting per pick online so maybe that's a a, a a valid reason for wanting to draft online but it's it's almost apples and oranges to me it's it's the the online it's it's the live experience in vegas versus you know the convenience of drafting online um and there are some very very good players who uh draft a volume of teams and solely do it online um probably the best player in the world uh, drafts exclusively online for the main event for FFPC anyway. So I just wanted to put that out there because it was, you know, um, it, it was a little bit of a debate. So I just wanted to put the data out there that's, you know, don't, don't think that you, you are uh, giving yourself a better opportunity by drafting online. So that's my opinion based upon the data that I've seen. And of course, one of the other big things that is upcoming are the pros versus Joe's drafts that I organized in conjunction with the FFPC. So we've got three drafts coming up this Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday night, um, which is July 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. And then we have another set of drafts the following Sunday, Monday, Tuesday night, which is July 28th, 29th, and 30th. Um, And they're all broadcast live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. So you can listen to them, and the board should be made available, um, so you should be able to listen and watch um, at the same time. So, and I did a whole podcast on what Pros versus Joes is, but but basically it is a series of, of best ball leagues, um, which half half of the the players in each league are FFPC high stakes players, and the other half are industry analysts. Um, so, but if you go to f uh, fantasymojo.com, I've got all the leagues listed out. I've got the participants. I've got their draft slots. We've even got odds uh, posted on, you know, who, who will win their given division um, before the draft. And what we'll do is, right before the season starts, we'll revise those odds based upon how um, we think those players did uh, within the drafts themselves. And then the season will play out over the course of 16 weeks, and every winner of their division gets a free main event uh, entry into the 2020 FFPC main event. So that's about an $1,850 value. So that's pretty sweet. Um, so, But the first draft on Sunday night, um, let's see who's in that, that competition. We've got... We've got Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch. We've got uh, Graham Barfield from NFL.com. Gary Davenport from Bleacher Report. Uh, Mike Tagliere from Fantasy Pros. Sam Lane from FF Statistics, who is the 2018 Scott Fishball winner. Um, he's known as FF Stompy on Twitter. We've got Davis Maddock um, also participating. And it, 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 we have a, a, a 
Lou Tranquilli is actually a co-owner on one of the Joes teams, so he's making a bit of a comeback here, I guess. Um, so we'll see how he does. They're drafting the 10 slot. But again, go to fantasymojo.com. Um, you'll see all these drafts listed, and uh, make sure you tune in because it's really going to give you some insight into you know, where these analysts, um, you know, how much value do they really put on these players? Because, you know, everybody writes their stories and puts out their opinions and they do their mock drafts, but this is where the rubber hits the road. These guys have a lot of the line here. Um, not only in terms of these are, you know, very visible drafts and, and you want to perform well, but there's a lot at stake with, uh, you know, almost a $2,000 uh, prize. So we'll see where these guys really, you know, if they put their money where their mouth is with respect to uh, their opinions on the player. So looking forward to that um, over the next couple of weeks. And we'll also have at Fantasy Mojo, we'll list the draft boards. We'll have links to them. And I'll make a running ADP as the competition moves forward. So it's really interesting to see where specific players get uh, drafted in one draft versus another. For instance, last year in my particular draft, I, I got Nick Chubb, I think was like in the 12th round, um, whereas he went, I think, in the 6th or 7th round in some of the other drafts. So it's really up and down. Um, people have very polarizing opinions uh, about certain players, and you know, ADP kind of goes out the window with these so, but it's interesting to see, you know, which players and which analysts are picking which players. So that's probably the most interesting thing um, in my mind that comes out of these drafts. So tune in and uh, we'll see how it goes. And just one other thing on uh, the Tyreek Hill um, situation. So last night we got a, a snapshot into where players are actually taking him post non-suspension news. And uh, looking at the draft boards in the best ball drafts, we saw him going primarily in the early second round. In one draft, he did go in the late first round. Um, so that's basically where he'll be going is, you know, early to mid second round for the most part moving forward. Um, and somebody posted a football guy's draft where he went... Uh, in the second round as well, I think at the 205. So, but that brings up an interesting point with respect to just going off of ADP or actually looking at draft boards. So now we're at the point in the season where, you know, player values can really just change on a dime. So we provide the ADP, which, you know, is, is great and is, is an invaluable tool. But the other thing that we have are the draft boards that, will give you um, a very specific snapshot into where players are, you know, in the context of a given day um, or even a few hours. Um, because as we move into training camp, news is going to start to hit and player values are going to spike and decrease rapidly. So looking at draft boards puts put, gives you a context for where um, a player's value fits within the the, the the overall um, context of a league. So it, we always recommend that you supplement um, your ADP review with 
uh, looking at these draft boards, and, and we have them all um, except for uh, the football guys, and I'm not sure if we're doing main event. Probably not. Um, I believe those are still off the table. So, But definitely be checking those out. Every morning we put up the draft boards um, from the previous day, you'll, so you'll have them for the ongoing slow drafts, and the live drafts are very interesting um, as well too. And also with the Terminator Leagues, that are upcoming. So, historically, FFPC has only had live Terminator Leagues. They have like a, it's almost like a mini tournament um, with these Terminator Leagues. Um, but this year they've made them available um, as satellite leagues as well. So we'll have, we have the draft boards for those already, and we're already churning out ADP for the Terminator Leagues. So, um, so let's go ahead and get into what these Terminator Leagues are and um, why I like them. So the Terminator Leagues are best ball leagues, but there's a twist to these leagues. Um, with other best ball leagues, you know, there's no uh, weekly waivers. Um, you've got your standard optimize, uh, optimization that happens um, on a weekly basis with the, uh, the, the system, you know, calculating um, what your optimal lineup is based upon your roster um, for a given week and, and gives you the points for those players. But with the Terminator, um, you draft 26 players for the best ball format, um, which is two less than the standard FFPC best ball format. Uh, there are no week, no weekly waivers, but the catch is that each week you terminate one player from your roster from weeks 1 through 16. And ultimately you get down to a final 10-player roster um, in week 16 that you... Um, you know, move forward with um, for for scoring. So each week you have one less player on your roster. So before the first week starts, after your draft, you have to cut a player right away. So then you're you know you've got 25 players on your roster on your best ball roster for week one, and then before week two starts, you cut another player, and then you've got 24 players um, on your best ball roster, and that continues every week up through week 16. Now. The catch is, if you forget to terminate your player for the week, you are automatically eliminated from uh, the competition in the league. Which it sounds like, uh, you know, how can that happen? Like, like who would, you know, who would forget to 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 cut a player? You've got all week to do that. Well, it actually happened to me last year. Um, sometimes life gets in the way. You get distracted on a Sunday. You, you put it off until Sunday, and you know, the next thing you know, it's three o'clock in the afternoon and you're like I forgot to cut my player and I'm terminated from the league so it happened to me it happens to a lot of people um, so it, it's 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 harder than it sounds um, so um, it's a very interesting competition it's uh, not as uh, time intensive as you know a, a standard redraft where you're making lineup moves because you don't have to go through ads and waivers. You're simply cutting a guy. So I like it um, from that perspective. It gives a little spice to your best ball league. Um, now, there is some strategy to this competition. Um, you need to make sure that you draft enough players at each position to make your cuts. So bye weeks are very important for you to pay attention to more so than a regular best ball league because 
if you have players with very late bye weeks, you have to carry backups for them, um, you know, traditionally, up and so that when that that studs bye week uh, comes along, you have a backup player to fill in for that spot. Um, so for that reason, players that have early bye weeks, it's especially you know your studs that have early bye weeks, are are valued a little bit higher in this format than they would be in uh, traditional best ball league. So take this. Take the Chicago Bears, for instance, as as a defense. Now, their bye week is in week six. Now, once you get past week six, you really only need to carry that one defense if you want. Um, so you could, if you had drafted two or three, those are easy cuts for you to make because, in theory, Chicago is your, you know, your, your stud preferred option at, at defense, and you only need to carry one at that position for the remainder of the season. During week six, you needed to have another option. Now, if Chicago had a bye week in week 12, well, now you're carrying, you know, an additional defense that isn't as, you know, uh, a quality starter as them the whole time so that when you get to week 12 and Chicago's off, you have another option to slide in there. Um, so that that's kind of the reason why uh, some of the players who have early bye weeks are preferred. George Kittle is another example. He's got a bye week in week four. Um, now it's debatable whether you just want him to roll with one tight end in the FFPC format or not, but theoretically, once you get past week four, you have your tight end for the year in George Kittle, and you can just you know roll with that. Now you're going to have to deal with injuries and whatnot. Um, that's, that's something you can't really control, and a lot of times people will cut players very early in the season that would have ultimately been very valuable at the end of the season. So last year, um, you know, Dante Pettis was a guy who got cut early on, but then he broke out later in the season, but he really wasn't on anybody's roster um, at that point. So it's, it's got a lot of dynamics. There's a lot of nuances to this competition. I really like it. And I'm, um, I'm very happy that they made this available at the $35 level. Cause you can draft more of these teams. Um, so, but the primary format for Terminator is there's a mini tournament um, that they have, and that's three hundred and fifty dollars a team. There are thirty two leagues. It's capped at thirty two, um, and and the tournament version of the Terminator, um, the top four teams from every. Uh, league make it to the the championship round which are um weeks 14 through 16 so in the tournament format the the league winner is the top point scorer in the individual league up through week 13 and then the top four teams get into the uh the championship bracket um from that league to compete for the overall uh prize which which is a $25,000 overall prize for the Terminator champion. Um, so there's, uh, let's see, the top 20 finishers in the tournament get paid out. So again, first place is 25000 second 5000 third 3500 moving on down to twenty. Um, so there's a, a max of 384 teams in the tournament, and... Um, 
you know, they're they're really vying for that overall twenty five thousand dollar top prize. Now, within your individual leagues for the the Terminator tournament, if you get first place, which is the total points, then you also have an option for getting either fourteen hundred and fifty dollars cash or uh, a credit for an entry into a 2020 FFPC main event, which is 1850, and second place also gets paid out within your division. So that's 350 dollars. So to summarize, within your league, it pays out first and second place for the finishers, and the top four finishers within the league move into the championship bracket in weeks 14 through 16 and compete for the overall prize. So even if you came in say fourth within your league and didn't win a league prize, you're still in it for uh, the overall Terminator uh, championship in the tournament to to try and bring down that twenty five thousand dollar prize, but again, they you know the the fact that they've kind of made this available in at the thirty five dollar level um, where their satellites it gives you some opportunity to, especially in slow drafts, um, because in the turn in the tournament format they're all live. You can kind of work on your strategy and your approach. By churning out these thirty-five dollar leagues, which is what I'm doing, because it's really, it's it, it's a it's a it's it's a there's a lot of strategy and it's a very, um, uh, it's almost like a mind bender, um, trying to, to to solve this puzzle. So we're also going to put up on the site um, some data that we dug out regarding uh, the 2018 top five. Uh, finishers in the tournament for the Terminator. So we're going to list the um, the drafts that those guys um, had. We're also going to show you what their beginning rosters were and what their ending rosters were. So you can see what their roster construction was um, as it was drafted versus what the roster construction was when they finally cut down to those final 10 players. And there are some interesting um, patterns that we uh, identified um in that uh, analysis and we're going to share those up on the site. So I if if you like best ball, I guarantee you're going to like the Terminator. So I would I would recommend it just to kind of, you know, spice up your your best ball portfolio a little bit. Um so that's pretty much it on the Terminator competition. Oh, one other thing I did want to mention um kind of alluding back to the whole Tyreek Hill uh, saga is there's a lot of people who are now concerned about their, you know, the shares that they own of specific players. You know, what what percentage of Tyreek do I own in my portfolio, and what, you know, um, what other players um, might I have? You know, what percentage do I have of of Melvin Gordon, of Justin Jackson, and, and that's going to be a, a, a more important thing for people to um, keep track of. Uh, as we move closer and closer to the season and you accumulate more and more drafts, it becomes difficult to to keep track of all that. And one of the things we do for our subscribers at FantasyMojo.com is that we automatically generate for you this, this player share report that breaks down the percentage of players that you own across all of your leagues as well as within each contest uh, format. So um, you'll see, you know, I own... Andrew Luck in 25% of my best ball leagues, but I own him maybe in 10% of my football guys leagues. So that's, it's really nice. It's really, it's a handy cross reference. And, you know, the subscribers love this, that they don't have to keep track of this themselves. Um, I, I don't think anybody else does this uh, in the industry, but you know, it's, it's a perk that we have for our subscribers. So 
If it's something that you're interested in, you're not already subscribing, check it out. If you are a subscriber, keep in mind this is on the login page and there are links at the bottom of the login page for you to get access um, to those reports. So um, it's real handy. And it's funny, um, we actually have a lot of subscribers who are industry guys for other sites. And it's funny that they, you know, even though they, they supply the same data, they, they kind of like, um, you know, s some of the ways that we present um, the same ADP data um, and player ownership data that, that we provide. So that's kind of like a, a compliment. Um, in my mind, that we have uh, other industry guys that are subscribing to the site and, and using that and liking it. So anyway, um, I think that's it for this episode. Uh, we're heading into August, and things are going to be getting hot and heavy. Um, so we'll try to do more of these podcasts. Time has been an issue um, on my part. Um, but uh, we'll try to crank out a few more as, um, you know, interesting topics come up and uh, they merit a podcast uh, in my mind. All right, guys. Talk to you later.